0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Dustin Smith, QB Elite. He's trained Jaron Hall for years and we're all curious what Jaron's going to do when he makes his college debut, BYU at South Florida, Saturday. Dustin, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Now, I hate to shoot down the whole premise of the interview, but Dustin, be honest with us deep down are you just like us do you wonder what jaron's going to do when he makes his college debut at south florida do you really know oh
1: absolutely i think i think anytime a a, a quarterback gets his first start in division one football i don't care how successful he was in high school or how big and strong and athletic he looks at practice or you know at camps or whatever it's it's a different deal so uh, yes I'm I, I think we'll see good play from Jaron. I know he's a good player and an extremely uh, gifted athlete and quarterback but you know he's gonna have to make some adjustments to a lot of things and he doesn't have a whole lot of time to do it because they're uh, they got to get a win
2: what are his strengths Dustin
1: uh, excuse me what did
2: you say what are his strengths
1: what are his strengths uh, Jaron's you know it's been talked about a lot the last week or so there's there's obvious strengths if you've if you've listened to coaches or watched Jaron at scrimmage or you know even in the game last week his high school film that he's he's very athletic he can uh, obviously plays two sports down there at BYU he played three sports in high school was good at all three Um, he's he's got a real acceleration and, and and burst to him so he's uh, he's difficult to to bring down in the backfield, and he's able to do a lot with his with his feet. But I I, I wouldn't say that his greatest strength is his athleticism. Jaron's greatest strength, in my opinion, is he's just he's very smooth and calm and in control, and he doesn't get rattled very easily. And you know, if you've interviewed him or, or been around him very much or talk to people who have been, you know, they they see that in him. He's he's just very calm and collective, and and as a quarterback, that's important. Um, But he's also extremely confident in his ability, and I don't think that the moment or the, uh, uh, you know, the pressure of being a quarterback at BYU is something that's affecting him negatively at all.
0: PK's always positive and upbeat. He asks about the strengths. I'm the negative guy. I'll ask about the weaknesses. What worries you the most where would South Florida attack him and maybe have some success well what worries
1: me the most with Jaron is the same as what worried me with Zach and and Tanner and and other quarterbacks at BYU is um BYU's issues has more to do with with how they run the football than how their quarterbacks throw the football it's it's glaringly obvious if you look at the games that BYU wins versus the games that BYU loses. That when they run the ball well, they win. Um, in fact, I, I looked over this just just this morning a little bit to double check it. BYU's the last you know they're nine and nine if you go their last two years, last year and their games so far this year over when they rush for over 100 yards they're nine and two when they rush for under 100 yards they're oh and seven um it's and there's a tremendous difference in their in, in their rushing yards and their wins versus their losses they average almost 200 yards in those nine wins when they when they win and they're like 80 yards in those seven losses running the ball um and so that you know that's that's going to be critical to them because if they can run the ball and and keep their quarterbacks out a third and long, I think Jaron will do well. If Jaron is getting caught in a lot of third and sevens and third and nines, and he's having to sit back there and and beat what, what I'm understanding is a you know, a pretty athletic uh, team, and if BYU can't run the ball on these guys, then they've got you know all sorts of other trouble, in my opinion. They've got to be able to go down there and, and, and run over these guys and be in some third and shorts. And then hopefully with Jaron's athleticism, he can pick up the slack a little bit on that, but their running back game, you know they can't have, like last year against Boise State or against Utah State, when their running back production is 50 or 60 yards for the entire game, and then you get another 40 or 50 from your quarterback. You know, Zach had as many rushing yards in those two games as... I think the running backs did combined almost. So, you know, that's a lot of pressure to put on Jaron. if that's the case. So that that makes me nervous if they don't run the ball, that he's then feeling pressed to have to make big plays and he takes too many chances and turns the ball over. Because that's the other thing. This year, in their, in their three losses, they have seven turnovers. And in both of their wins, they didn't have any. You know, so it's, it's not turning the ball over and it's their ability to run the ball and not put Jaron. whoever the quarterback is, but especially a first-time starting freshman quarterback in regular third and long situations. If that's the case, then I get nervous that he might press and try to make too many big plays and and in return uh, turn the ball over.
2: Really hard to argue with anything you just said there. I love to argue, but I can't come up with anything. I mean, it's very much a black and white issue. You've got so much evidence on your side that that's just literally the way it is, and we'll see how it plays out. And obviously losing Tyson Williams was a major blow to that. I want to throw something at you, a theory that, that I've kind of concocted in my head. I don't know if it's true or not, but the fact was, that you look at a, a guy like Jake Heaps and Tanner Mangum and they were these all these these number 1 quarterbacks coming out of high school and then they get out on the field and at some point things go a little south on them and the pressure becomes amplified because these guys were the number one quarterbacks out of high school. And they're supposed to go to the pros. And, you know, heaps, his whole family was all in on it. And it was only a matter of time. BYU was a stepping stone. And Tanner shared elite co-MVP with Jameis Winston, who won the Heisman and went on to be the number one pick. So they have all this external almost intangible pressure. And I, maybe I'm missing something with Jaron Hall, but and I don't follow high school football that much, but I didn't hear him being an Elite 11 and all this and all that. So I'm wondering if that might play into his being able to just go out there and play the game of football because I don't know how much expectation we have on him whereas if you're saddled and Tuttle had it at the U2 if you're sad and I use the word saddled almost like it's a burden with this hype it can work against you and if you're not as saddled with this hype you maybe might be able to come out and be a little more free and loose do you buy any of that? I think that's an excellent point and I think it's
1: there's absolutely truth to that I these kids coming out of high school that have been highly uh, decorated with awards and attention, especially nowadays with all the attention that they get, you know, outside of their circle of people due to, you know, social media and things. I, when they come in to these schools, um, there's a lot of people that they can say they don't, but in the back of their mind, they feel like they, they can't let down. And, and it's just human nature to, start wondering what those people are thinking about you and are you are you fulfilling all those expectations that people had of you and are you going to be a um because that starts right it starts early when they're being told hey you need to be you know you need to be on the top uh the top 100 watch list and you need to be in the elite 11 and you need to be going to these these schools and you're too good for that that school or that school and so then you get to college and I think that they have an enormous amount of pressure placed on them to now prove that all of that hype surrounding them in high school was legit and not to let people down. And in a lot of cases, I think they start playing more for that than they do for their, their college team and the college experience. And, and in some of the cases that you just mentioned and, and many others out there, their college experience ends up being a negative one. And, and the people around them who are there just to play football, who want to just compete, uh, they don't oftentimes buy into your your game plan of using it as a stepping stone to get to the next level, you know, to the NFL. In the case of Jaron, Jaron was very quick in the process to say, he's going to BYU. He he, You're right, he didn't get the kind of attention that some of these kids get, but it was starting to come in. Uh, Coach Roderick was the first to offer him up at Utah, and, U- and University of Utah – hasn't for many years. They don't offer or haven't offered quarterbacks out of the state of Utah very often. Um, it just doesn't happen for whatever reason. I wish they would uh, do more, but it just hasn't. And, and, and Coach Roderick really liked Jaron, and that was his big, his first big offer. And BYU came immediately after that, and there were other schools interested, but Jaron was very clear when the BYU offer came in that he's, he's going on a mission, and he's coming back, and he wants to play at BYU, and he shut down the recruiting, really. He didn't Obviously, the mission comment turned off some schools, and, and but he was very clear that he wanted to go to BYU. And at that point, he was just going to focus on his senior year of football, basketball, and baseball and go on a mission and then come back and, and let it fly and see what happened. And when he came back, there was a, a new offensive coordinator there and a new system. Zach had been there a little, already been, you know, through spring and, and Jaron had to come back and compete against that. But his attitude was more of, I'm going to get my chance and when I get it I'm going to be ready and he's just got a real just kind of quiet confidence about him that's it's really cool if you interview him or have a chance to really talk with him you'll see it he's just a a, a humble confident kid and who is extremely competitive and just never bought into feeling like he had to do it for anybody other than him and his family. And he, he, he wasn't interested. He's not a big social media guy. He's not a look at me guy. His family's not His people he surrounds himself with aren't. And that's just not who he is. And so that's why we didn't hear a lot about him, but, but man, he can, he can play. He's a, he's a very good quarterback. You don't do what you, what he did that quickly after coming back off a mission. Um, and, and move up the ranks as quickly as he did down there, and get the praise that he's he's received from Coach Grimes and Coach Roderick and others that saw that he could play. Unless you have some abilities, and so I'm looking forward to seeing seeing him do his thing. And and he'll be there'll be some growing pains. I hope U A U fans will be patient uh, if there are those. Um, but he's a definitely a uh, Division One quarterback who can do a lot of good things.
0: So you hit on several things in that very thorough answer I want to follow up on. But one, so PK lays it out for you. We've talked about a lot. There's a lot of numbers. PK's dug them up. You've seen it as you coach high school quarterbacks. And and maybe Jaron's a different deal because his dad played, so maybe he's getting advice that most guys aren't getting uh, because their parents are really new to the process and get the big eyes and all that, whereas, you know, Dad's been through the ups and downs, so and kind of pass that along. But can you pass it along when you explain it to people? When the when the quarterbacks are you know teenagers and on the way up, can you explain it and drill it into their heads, or is the hype so big that everything you say just bounces off of, of them and doesn't stick?
1: I try to say it. It's much harder uh, if it's not coming from people that are you know closer, specifically family um, and. and uh, you know, close, close friends, and kid, It's kind of a situational deal. Some kids, um, it doesn't matter what anybody says; they just they love it. In fact, I think there, in some cases, unfortunately, that's the end game. It's it's the attention. Um, that's the reason for all the uh, more so the reason for all the work and the lifting weights and the, the pursuing the the success on the field is to get that attention. It's not go and compete on the college field. That's the most disappointing thing for me is then once they make it, they kind of feel like they've arrived and, you know, they're able to say they got a scholarship and mom and dad are able to tell everybody that, that you know, their son got a scholarship to wherever and, and then you don't hear from the kid anymore because he, he just didn't have that self-motivation and it was all about attention and, and compliments and pats on the back. And so you try to warn kids of that, that that's coming, especially at that position. If you're going to play that position. Um, you've got to. You're going to have some extreme highs and probably be over complimented, and you're going to have some extreme lows where you're going to be criticized probably harder than you should. It's, you know, I, I heard part of your last segment. It's pitchers have the same thing, right? Clayton Kershaw's going through the same thing right now, where he's he's taking all of the blame. Um, by the way, is there anything worse than having a coach have to walk out to a pitcher's mound and take the ball from? <laughs> from a pitcher and, and and kick you out of the game and sports. Seems like a, it lasts wor- about two that's hours. the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's, just, it's horrible, right? Yeah. It's, uh, you imagine if that happened in a football game, the head coach stopped the game and walked yeah. out and took <laughs> to the football the from the quarterback and, <laughs> and then let, made him walk back to the sideline and handed it to the next quarterback. You miss a free throw.
0: You miss a free throw and Quinn Snyder has to stroll out there, take <laughs> the ball, and send you to the locker yeah. room. Yeah,
1: give it, give it, give it to the backup point guard, and then you got to go sit by yourself <laughs> and just sit in the bench. It's the worst, but you know, yeah, you're David. It's uh, you try to warn these kids of of the you know that are getting caught up in that 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 usually is going to set them up for a bigger fall. And and but some kids listen. Some kids have the restraint to not get too caught up in looking at their press clippings and their their Twitter likes and retweets and things, but it's it's becoming harder and harder, I'll tell you that. It's more and more kids are uh you know that that fall in love with that attention. It's becoming harder and harder to tell the kids that if you do get that shot to play at the next level, no one's going to care about those things and it's 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 really what you do your next game out. And so you got to put that aside and and focus on making the right decision and throwing the ball on time and being accurate. So that that it just comes down to that.
2: As uh, I know, you work with Ty. Has Demmer had any influence or inter- any interaction with Hall?
1: Yeah, he has actually quite a bit. In fact, uh, Ty was uh, Jaron was going to be the guy. I know Ty was really looking forward to coaching. Um, Jaron got offered not too long out, or too long before Ty, um, you know, got that job, and uh, but he had worked with him through our program. Since Jaron started, I started working with him in about 8th, ninth grade, and and, uh, and then Ty saw a lot of him. And Ty knew Kalen. And, in fact, Ty's actually been in touch with Jaron a little bit just in the last couple weeks in preparation for this game. And Ty really liked Jaron. He, he still does and is, is optimistic that, that Jaron will do well. And I think Ty's had an influence on Jaron on some of those things we just talked about because Ty's that way. He's not about the attention and the hype, and he's just about playing ball and um he, I know that he has had some conversations with Jaron as well about, hey, just stay low and and grind and do your thing and and uh, you know let it play out and I think that's been a, a helpful support for for Jaron.
0: Uh, last thing I want to touch on what you said about Utah not recruiting local quarterbacks. It seems like it started changing with some of the other schools in the last few years but there was a long stretch. Utah didn't seem to – high school quarterbacks didn't seem to catch on much of anywhere, and it has been changing, but it still seems like they're a little underrepresented. Do you have a good explanation about that, aside from, okay, the U could take more guys? Yeah, I I don't know why Utah hasn't. Uh, there's – I
1: think that there's been some kids the last several years that uh, – uh, could have helped them had they done so. Um, I, I, I think it's, it. And I'm, I'm just speaking out loud here. I think that the uh, thinking out loud here that the it may be that they just feel like they've got a, a greater pool to choose from, and so they have to pick from that greater pool. They've they've they got to get the kid from Florida because they can, you know, or the kid from California because they can. And and it's just, as far as you know, quarterbacks in general here in Utah. Uh, it is changing more of them are starting to be recognized but i i think for a lot of years it's just been you just didn't think of when you thought football players in utah you just don't you just didn't think quarterbacks you thought you know it's always been defensive linemen and and offensive linemen and but you don't think qbs and receivers and some of those skill position groups and um i think that it's starting to change now we do have some 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 good quarterbacks coming up and some kids that I would put on uh, competing against any, you know, kids from around the country. The, the local kids here in Utah, when, when they do get a chance to go up against these kids from out of state, they do very well. And and uh, so it, it is a shame that we have so many of them that get overlooked. I'm happy to see it starting to change, but I would still like to see, you know, Utah get some more of those. And I'm glad that BYU has, you know, Zach and Jaron, But you know there were some years there too where I think BYU was missing out on a lot of local guys. They still do, I think. Um, So I'd like to see that change. And I think as more of these guys go out and do well um, and and perform, I think that more of them will stay here locally. And uh, in BYU's case and Utah's case, the more successful they are as well, it's 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 not the same as it used to be twenty years ago, where you know BYU could claim that you got to come to BYU play QB here because you got to have that. You know lds experience there's there's lds experiences at schools all over the west and all over the country and so a lot of those local kids who may be lds or it's, it's not as big a deal to go to byu anymore and and then i think utah's having some success finding kids from all over the country they have a shot at anybody being in the pac 12 and so i think they take they're taking those chances and thinking they can lean back on the utah kid later and um which they probably can, but a lot of these Utah kids, I think nowadays, are saying, "I'll just, I'll go somewhere else," or, or they're unfortunately not playing. And there's a lot of them that could be.
0: Dustin, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care.